Hello. Welcome to the Legends of King Arthur and his Knights. Chapter 31. Love will tear us apart again. Four knights rode north towards Castle Lonazep. Sir Tristram of Lyons had offered Sir Gareth, Sir Dinadan and Sir Palamedes lodging at Joyous Guard while they waited for the tournament to begin. This was quite surprising, as Sir Palamedes and Sir Tristram had so recently been sworn enemies. Palamedes was a very troubled man. He was glad he'd become friends with Sir Tristram and that the feud was over. On the other hand, it hadn't actually solved the problem. No matter how hard he tried to pretend it wasn't the case, Sir Palamedes was still in love with La Belle Isoude, and she was in love with Tristram. Poor Palamedes rode in silence, lost in his own thoughts, as the others chatted. He was snapped out of his reverie when he noticed his fellow round-tablers had stopped by a river. The knights stared out from the banks of the river Humber. A ship, apparently unsteered, ran aground near where the four knights had stopped. Gareth nodded his head towards the ship and the knights dismounted. Led by Tristram, they boarded the vessel. As soon as they boarded, they realised why the ship was apparently unsteered. The reason was, the only occupant of the ship was a very fine-looking knight. Now, you might think the ship was unsteered because knights are not good sailors. This may well have been the case, but in this case the reason the ship was unsteered was that the knight was very, very dead. He lay on the deck of the ship, covered in blood, and in his hand was a letter. Tristram slowly drew the paper from the knight's grasp and read the words out loud. I am Hermance, King of the Red City. I send out a message to all knights errant, especially knights of King Arthur's court. I have been treacherously slain by two brothers. I beseech one good knight to avenge my death. Anyone who does so may have the Red City and all of my castles. Tristram was about to announce he would take on the quest when Palamedes stepped forward. Probably assuming that a good quest would take his mind off the lovely Isoud, he asked Tristram if he could be granted the task. Tristram smiled his most benevolent smile and nodded in agreement. After making Palamedes promise to meet them seven days later at the beginning of the tournament, Sir Tristram, Sir Gareth and Sir Dinadan rode off to Joyous Guard. When they got there, they had a massive party where all were entertained by Sir Dinadan's jokes. Palamedes set off down the Humber and soon came to a castle. He was invited in by a knight called Sir Abel. The knight, weeping uncontrollably, told Palamedes he was crying for the loss of his king, Hermance. He told Palamedes the whole story. Hermance had adopted and brought up two children. He loved them with all his heart, but they had become bad and traitorous knights. They manipulated the king into ruling as they wished. They managed to get rid of anyone who was actually related to the king until there was no family left. The two boys, called Helius and Helake, decided this wasn't enough. They lured the king into a forest and took him to a well. There he bent down to take a drink and Helius ran him through with a spear. They left him there for dead. Abel found Hermance still alive but too late to save him. With his last breath, Hermance dictated the letter that Tristram had found and commanded Abel to put him in a boat and set it adrift on the Humber. Palamedes nodded seriously. He then realised he hadn't thought about Isoud for a few hours and cheered up. He next realised he'd just thought about her again and cheered down again. Then he got on with the job. The Knight of the Round Table gathered up some sailors and sailed up the Humber. Before long he approached the walls of the Red City. On the way 
he had to do battle with another knight who wanted to take on the quest. Palamedes defeated the knight, who was called Sir Hermind, but then invited him along to help. Hermind went ahead to tell the people of the Red City that a knight of King Arthur was coming to save them. By the time he arrived, they were out in the street to welcome him. They would have held a service in the church for him, but as we know, Sir Palamedes was a Saracen and not baptised, so they couldn't. Three days later, the brothers arrived. They were not alone. Forty knights arrived at the Red City with them. It was clear that Helios and Helake had come prepared. Sir Palamedes was waiting for them. So, he said, I assume you are the traitors Helake and Helios who murdered the good King Hermance. We are, replied the brothers, and you are Palamedes the Saracen. Now get out of here while you still can, or we will make you wish you had been christened. Nobody would expect two treacherous knights to fight fair, and, of course, they didn't. Both attacked Palamedes at once. Palamedes killed Helake with his first strike, the spear going right through his shield and into the traitor knight's chest. Helios, though, was made of far tougher stuff. He managed to knock Sir Palamedes from his horse and then struck him twice. Sir Palamedes realised that evil doers the brothers may be, but this one was pretty handy with a sword. He grabbed the bridle of Sir Helios's horse and caused it to throw its rider to the ground. Helios jumped up and struck a stunning blow to Palamedes' head. Momentarily dazed, Palamedes tottered backwards. He threw himself back into the fight and battled for two long hours before he began to tire. It seemed he would have to yield or die. Just like Arsdal at the Emirates, though, the crowd became the extra man. They cheered and urged Palamedes on, and he became filled with new strength. He raised his shield to dodge the blows that Helios was raising down on him, and then wielded his sword. He hit Helios on the helm. Then he hit him again. Then he hit him again. Over and over again he pounded the knight's head until Helios could take no more. He fell to the ground and Palamedes needed no further invitation. He ripped off the traitor knight's helmet, swung his sword and detached Helios's head from his body. Sir Palamedes felt at one with the world. He forgot all his troubles and basked in his glory. He was offered the red city and the castles, but as a good and noble knight he refused. Full of the joys of battle, he rode towards Joyous Guard. Sir Dinadan spotted him in the distance and rode out to meet him. He led the victorious Saracen back to the castle. Sir Palamedes entered Joyous Guard in triumph, saw La Belle Isoud, and forgot all about glory. He forgot about honour and victory. All of his troubles exploded in his head and he was right back where he had started. When he went to bed that night, Sir Palamedes was very, very depressed. The four knights rode together to the tournament at Castle Lonazep. They decided that, just for fun, they would all dress in green armour and not use their own shields, so the rest of the knights of the tournament wouldn't know who they were. Then they decided it would be even more fun to fight on the side of the other kings against King Arthur and the knights of the round table. Isoud and her ladies also came dressed in green. King Arthur saw the four green knights and leaned over to speak to Lancelot. He asked his favourite knight who these four were. Lancelot didn't know, but he had a good idea. He sent Sir Kay over to the round table to have a look at the sieges. From the dimmed writing on a few of them, it became clear that ten knights were missing. Four of them were Tristram, Gareth, Palamedes and Dinadan. All four fought very well, and it was clear one of them had to win the prize on the first day. In the end, it was given to Sir Palamedes, who had fought wonderfully well. 
one knight had even been killed by the Saracen's mighty blows. Sir Dinadan rode over to Tristram. "'You're a coward,' he said. "'What?' replied Tristram. "'Never in my life have I been called a coward. How dare you? Only Sir Lancelot of the Lake would have had any chance of beating me, and I'm pretty sure I can take him. After all, I nearly beat him last time. Never have I withdrawn from a fight.' You are a friend of mine, and I find you very amusing, so I'll let you off. But don't do it again, or you will feel the cold end of my sword. Tristram waggled his sword in Dinadan's face as he was speaking. He was clearly very cross. Sir Dinadan nodded, a frightened look on his face. Once Tristram had finished talking and grumped away, though, the comedy knight's face changed into a huge grin. He had achieved his aim. He'd made his friend angry enough to do even better the following day. Hopefully he had made Tristram angry enough to win the prize. Despite Sir Palamedes' win, he was not happy. Thoughts of Isoud had entered his poor brain and he was not in a good place. Earlier that day, he'd managed to kill Lancelot's horse, which was probably not a very honourable thing to do, and he had also knocked King Arthur from his. Tristram, probably still riled by Sir Dinadan's clever teasing, had a word. He told Sir Palamedes in no uncertain terms that what he had done was not on, and he'd better not do anything so unknightly on the following day. Palamedes had had enough. He liked Tristram and looked up to him, but he was in love with his woman. He decided to change sides and fight on the side of King Arthur on the second day. He fought brilliantly, as did a riled Sir Tristram. The great knight of Cornwall, though, wasn't happy. Tristram, it seems, was a sensitive soul, and he was upset to see his friend had deserted him. He moped around a bit until Sir Gareth cornered him. "'Tristram,' said the good knight of Orkney, "'get a grip. You have many friends. "'Sir Dinadan loves you and respects you more than any other man. "'Remember what he said to you yesterday. "'Remember that he called you a coward. "'Well, he was only doing it to make you mad, "'so you had been in a fighty mood today. "'And it worked, didn't it?' "'Gareth grinned, and Tristram grimaced. "'He knew Gareth was right. "'He went to find Sir Dinadan, and they entered the fray together.' Deep within Sir Palamedes, a hatred was rising. His love for La Bellisude was consuming him and driving him to do things he wouldn't normally do. He sneaked away from the battlefield and took a shield from a wounded knight. Then he charged into the thick of the fighting and made his way towards Tristram, determined to kill him. When he reached his friend, he hit him with all his might. Tristram could hardly defend himself against the violent blows. He may not have been able to withstand the onslaught, but he was saved by the approach of Sir Lancelot. General jousting continued, Lancelot and Palamedes taking on Tristram, Gareth and Dinadan. They all fought brilliantly, but Sir Tristram won the prize that day. Sir Tristram, Sir Dinadan and Sir Gareth rode back towards their camp after the second day. Sir Palamedes followed them silently. When they got back and were about to have a hearty dinner, Isoud strode in. She was hopping mad. She had seen Sir Palamedes exchange shields, and she knew that he had tried to kill Tristram. She accused him, there and then, of attempted murder. Palamedes tried to claim he hadn't known it was Tristram, and certainly hadn't intended to kill him. Isoud refused to speak to Palamedes at dinner. Tristram, who generally thought the best of people, forgave Palamedes for attacking him and accepted his explanation. Isoud didn't. King Arthur and Sir Lancelot turned up in the middle of the meal and joined the bickering dinner party. They probably wished they hadn't, as nobody spoke much. Even the normally jolly Sir Dinadan was unusually silent. 
On the third day, Sir Tristram and his fellows decided to fight on the side of King Arthur. Sir Gareth and Sir Dinadan readily agreed, but Sir Palamedes was not having any of it. Despite having changed sides the previous day, he didn't want to stay on the side of the round table. Mainly, he just didn't want to be on Tristram's team. Tristram and Lancelot shared the prize that day, and Palamedes rode off in a huff. That evening, the poor love-struck Saracen rode over to Tristram's camp and called Tristram a traitor. Tristram, nice trusting Tristram, was completely nonplussed, but told Palamedes that he would watch his back in case the Saracen came for him. The following day, Sir Tristram, Isoud, Sir Gareth and Sir Dinadan rode back to Joyous Guard. There they were joined by Sir Bloberis and Sir Hector de Maris and had a seven-day party. Palamedes felt sorry. He felt sorry he couldn't be with Isoud. He felt sorry that he'd behaved badly and upset her. He felt sorry he'd fallen out with Tristram. He rode off wondering what to do next. As he rode through a forest, he met a wounded knight called Sir Epinogris. Both were very unhappy, and they told each other their stories. First, Palamedes told Epinogris how he'd fallen out with Sir Tristram over La Belle Isoude. Epinogris told him he'd been an idiot, and Palamedes agreed. Then Epinogris told the Saracen that his troubles sounded like great fun in comparison with Epinogris's own. A knight called Sir Helenor had attacked him and run off with his lady. Palamedes, given his mental state, was quite happy to take on a dangerous quest. By this stage he wasn't too bothered whether he lived or died. He offered to go and find Sir Helenor and win back Epinogris's lady. He took the injured knight to a hermitage so that he could rest and heal, and rode off to avenge him. He found Sir Helenor quite easily, but another knight had got to him first. Palamedes was a bit miffed, but soon got over it when he found out the victor was his own brother, Sir Safer. The two brothers took the lady to Epinogris. Then they all rode to Epinogris's castle, where they had a celebratory party. In the morning, Sir Safer and Sir Palamedes, glad to have each other's company, rode away together. Before too long they came to a castle which was all dressed in black. It was clear that the occupants were in mourning. Sir Palamedes and Sir Safer dismounted and went to have a closer look. Fair sirs, shouted Sir Palamedes, why are you all weeping? Why all the sorrow? The reply he got was not the one he might have expected. He and Sir Safer were set upon by twenty knights. They fought valiantly, but they couldn't take on that many. After a two-hour battle, the two knights were taken prisoner. At that point they found out why. The knight that Sir Palamedes had killed at the tournament at Lonazep was the lord of the castle. Palamedes and Safer were put on trial for murder. Given that Sir Safer hadn't even been there when the deed was done, there was not much of a case against him. Given that Sir Palamedes had done the deed, the case against him was pretty strong. He argued that killing happened during a tournament and that death was an occupational hazard, and dangers of tournament jousting are clear. This was a pretty good defence, but it didn't work. He was being tried by the Friends of the Lord, so it wasn't too surprising that he was found guilty. Sir Safer was found not guilty and he was released. Sir Palamedes was sentenced to death. The next day, Sir Palamedes was transported to the place where he was to be executed. The knights bound him and strapped him to the underside of a horse, and the journey began to the castle of the dead lord's father. On their way to the castle, they just happened to pass by Joyous Guard. Luckily for Palamedes, a knight rode out of the castle and peered under the horse. He recognised the knight strapped to the equine stomach, 
Palamedes shouted to the knight to go and tell Tristram and Isoud, or King Arthur, or Sir Gawain, or somebody what was going on, as he really quite desperately needed rescuing. When Tristram heard about Sir Palamedes' fate, he was sad. Much as the Saracen had annoyed him recently with his Isoud worship, he decided he ought to set out and rescue him. He hadn't gone far when he was met by two knights riding towards Joyous Guard. One of them was Sir Palamedes. Tristram frowned and wondered what on earth was going on. It soon became clear. He'd been beaten to it. There was no need to rescue Sir Palamedes because someone else had already done it. The knight didn't speak, even though Tristram asked who he was. Tristram invited them all back to Joyous Guard. When they got there, the stranger knight took off his helmet and went to his rooms. The stranger knight was home. The stranger knight, the rescuer of Sir Palamedes, was Sir Lancelot of the Lake. Sir Palamedes knelt before his rescuer and thanked him. Then a woman came into the room. The poor Saracen's depression returned as he looked up into the face of La Belle Soude. For two months, Sir Palamedes stayed at Joyous Guard, becoming more and more morose as each day passed. One day he couldn't take it any more. He rode into a forest and came to a well. He peered into the well at his own reflection. He looked pale and haggard and he wailed. Oh, Palamedes, Palamedes, once I was called one of the best knights in the world, but now look at me. I don't want to live any more because I want what I cannot have. He went on in this vein for some time. Unfortunately, he was overheard. Very unfortunately, he was overheard by Sir Tristram of Lyons, who, very, very unfortunately, happened to be riding by. I've heard your song, Saracen, and you are a traitor. I cannot allow you to speak like that, and I will battle with you for the honour of my lady. Sir, replied Palamedes, too depressed to defend himself, I will fight you if you want. I love the Queen Isoud over all other ladies in this world, and there's nothing I can do about it. That's how I feel. I know it's not a good thing. I know what it did to the noble Sir Cahidius. But when I'm fighting, I'm fighting for her. When I joust with a noble knight, I joust for her. When I draw my sword, it is she who I think of. I am her knight, but she will never be my lady. And so, said Tristram of Lyons, I am not afraid of death, and I am not afraid of you. Name a date, and I will be there to fight you. The last time Palamedes and Tristram had arranged to fight, it hadn't happened, because Palamedes hadn't made it to the meeting point. He'd been in prison at the time. This time, he turned up. But Tristram didn't. He was badly wounded three days before the date of the fight and was not in a fit state for jousting. He sent a message to say he would battle Palamedes next time he saw him. Palamedes rode away from the battlefield, sadly, to seek adventure. Whenever Tristram rode out to joust or quest, wherever he was, he would ask the local people if they had seen Sir Palamedes. They would meet again, but not for a long while, and when they finally met again, much had changed. Next time, we'll hear about the birth of the most famous and purest knight of Camelot. Until then, have a great couple of weeks and I'll speak to you next time.